10 minutes it is uh, now before 9 p.m. And I'm joined on the line by Dr. Mpoma Matsipa, who is a research fellow at WISER. And uh, uh, much of her work focusing on uh, African mobilities and rethinking uh, the geography of uh, African migrations and the challenges and opportunities that these present to uh, architecture, built our built environment and space. And uh, this is being done through a series of workshops and masterclasses covering many cities, uh, all the way from Addis to Kampala to Arare to uh, here in Joburg, right through to uh, New York and uh, 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 Abidjan. And I'm joined on the line by Dr. Mpo. Dr. Mpo, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Ayabonga. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I should Talk add that yeah. in addition to being a, a wiser fellow, I'm also a lecturer in the VIP School of Architecture and Planning. I don't want to get fired. Awesome, awesome. And uh, maybe talk to us just briefly about this project here, African Mobilities, uh, which uh, uh, in many ways is seen as a space, a conference, a a publication, and also a mobile pedagogic platform. I found that quite interesting. Well, what is it? And uh, uh, in particular, what are you trying to achieve? Uh, So uh, the African Mobilities project began as an exhibition that was supposed to be staged and that was staged at the Architecture Museum in Munich, uh, which is one of the premier architecture museums um, across Europe. But my intention with the exhibition is really being attentive to the inequality around how resources are distributed around research on the African continent. As somebody who's worked at Vips University for 10 years, I'm very aware of the ways in which international scholars can come to South Africa and do research. Um, But African scholars don't have the same kind of mobility to go to Europe and research European issues. Um, And the second issue for me was really around who is imagining African futures if we have these kinds of disparities. So in essence, the exhibition was a pretext find ways to circulate, fund, and sponsor, um, and also stimulate forms of exchange across the African continent amongst designers who are based on the continent or are part of the diaspora, and also to reach the next generation of African designers who don't get to go to Europe or Munich or Paris or whatever the centers of um, design culture are considered to be. So that was that was the that was the structural part of the exhibition, that it was this kind of distributed and distributional um, strategy of investing in, in homegrown researchers, both in South Africa, but also beyond South Africa in places like Kampala and Cape Verde um, and also Harare. And then the second part was really sort of um, in 2016 was when, you know, there was a lot of media attention to the crisis in the Mediterranean and we were bombarded with images of Africans mm. drowning um, and trying to escape to this kind of European paradise. And so I began to wonder about this obsession with sort of black death and, and this idea that gets being reproduced in global media that all Africans want to be in Europe when in fact the majority of migration and circulation actually happens on the African continent. So the question for me was really about what role does design and designers play in reimagining the future of African cities when mm-hmm. confronted mm-hmm. with these with these realities, right? And to think about and to think about this challenge beyond the lens of crisis and beyond the figure of black death. And I think that that's what is incredible about design is that we can both sort of analyze issues and problems, but that there's also an obligation to come up with propositions. So we theorize creatively and we produce and we produce ideas. We're not necessarily sure. problem solvers, but we're mm. creative thinkers. 
So it was an invitation. Quite interested. Yeah, I'm quite interested, Doc. I mean, and how um, just on that point, how the theorization and um, uh, you know some of the imagination filters through into uh, the practice of some of the students uh, who are architects uh, uh, who might go through some of your your programs and your courses, uh, and also how it finds its uh, way into, I guess, urban planning and how we think uh, from a very status perspective of how we um, reframe and uh, rebuild our cities. I mean, one of the things that, that has been quite illuminating for me, even about myself, is my relationship to landscape, Ayabong. So, you know, when I, was in, when I was a grad student at UCT, I never thought of designing vast landscapes. And it's only much later in my adult life that I understood that part of this kind of alienation from the landscape has a lot to do with a long history of dispossession, right? So this idea that, that there are people who design landscapes and then there are people who, who simply occupy or work those landscapes is embedded in the study of architecture. So I see the kind of work that I do as, as a kind of dismantling of the ideological foundations of the discipline itself. So all of the things that we assume we know about what is beauty, what is landscape, these are all sort of learned ideas that basically trickle down from a very European colonial modernist um, paradigm. And so part of the question is, what are the other frameworks of knowledge we can draw on to think about how we can organize our space, how we can organize economies, how we can think about social relations? So it's really sort of breaking down architecture and its practices to its molecular level mm. and understanding its relationship between, you know, the organization of space and the organization of society. And then also understanding why certain societies are organized the way that they are and also trying to sort of destabilize this idea that modernity and capitalism are inevitable as the foundation for how we organize social relations. So very often I encounter people who think that design is simply a matter of style, right? That it's just like, do you like Tuscan? Do you like French? Do you like Australian? But the relationship that I'm really interested in is the relationship between culture, identity, and power, um, and also the relationship between the economy and space, right? So, so the structure of the economy has a lot to do with the way that space is structured. The fact that poor people live on the periphery of cities has a lot to do with property prices. So I think it's important for me, for my students, to actually understand structurally why um, our cities are the way that they are, so that they can actually begin to imagine different kinds sure. of futures. You're saying that this imaginative project or explorations are subversive, dystopian, and hopefully um, you know, give space to life within what has always been seen as uninhabitable. I mean, just on the point you made about how economics defines what spaces are used for and how those spaces interact with other social relations. Um, mm -hmm. how, how is this work subversive and dystopian? How, how, how do you see that, I guess, through, through a lens of how space is used and the economics of that? I mean, one of my favorite projects, I, they're all my favorite projects, because I feel like everything that came out of these workshops and discussions over a three-year period are kind of my favorites. But the one that really brings it to the fore is this graphic novella that was produced by um, a Nigerian-American uh, collaboration between Onele Kanjefis and Wanela Wal, where they basically speculate about the future of Lagos, the 100 years in the future. And they're trying to think about what does a post-oil future look like um, and what does it mean to live in a society if we project the current patterns of consumption and if we project them into 100 years into the future, what kind of future does that produce? So they are able to actually project into the future and speculate what kind of environmental catastrophes lie ahead 
what kind of social catastrophes lie ahead if we continue along this trajectory. But what's also mm. been fascinating for me about this kind of science fiction speculation about the future of the city is that the future that they imagined for us 100 years into the future has collapsed into 2020, right? Of, of, of people who are experiencing a form of biological enclosure through the yeah, pandemic, yeah. of the ways mm. in which segregation and um, COVID is re-inscribing certain lines of inequality in the city, whether we're talking about um, South African cities or cities in, in, in North America, like Chicago or New York. So you find that, you know, the kind of temporality that's imagined in science fiction graphic novella that seems like fantasy is actually an intensification and a realization of the present. Mm. So, so, so I see this as a kind of representation of the limit, and it's not about this is what the future is or what, this is what the future should be, but rather, this is what the future could be if you continue along this trajectory. So it's sure, artwork sure. that's operating at the margins, and that's also showing us, you know, where we're headed. Okay. So uh, it does, I guess, as you're suggesting, even though it's on the margins, allow us to see a bit further about what could be do- coming down the road. Dr. Mpo, thank you very much uh, for taking time out to speak to us. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, uh, but um, uh, certainly one to follow. Where, where can we get hold, uh, or I guess, of some of the outputs that are coming from this project? Well, um, at the moment, I have a 12-episode uh, podcast series, and we're releasing the episodes slowly, and it's okay. on africanmobilities.org. Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, that there was Dr. Mpo Matsipa, curator, research fellow at WISE and also a lecturer in the School of Architecture and Planning at the University of the Vatvatisrand and also at Columbia University in the United States. 9 p.m. is the time. We're going to have to leave it there. And uh, we are back with you again on Monday. Have yourself a great weekend and hope to see you on the other side in the month of August. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nangoku, sisaibanga, le economy.